Intonation, phonation, accuracy, and pitch. Yeah. Okay. He, as in the person that we that have not introduced yet, yeah. but we will in just a second. Okay. But first, P. Ryan, tell us where was that skit from? Okay. That was. Oh, no. oh, oh no, 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 that no. skit was from Lean on Me. Wait. Okay. Wait, and I put the shit in there. Shit okay, so I was like, you tell us. I don't know. <laughs> but that was from Lean on Me. It that was. was Mrs. Powers and who? <laughs> Mr. Clark. Mr. Clark. Mr. Principal Clark. Clark. Okay. But Wait, what was the code when the fire when the fireman showed up and the oh. chains were on the door? Mm, you asked me like I watched Lean on Me. Damn it! <laughs> you know the school song. Damn. Damn. Wait, this shit. Come on, fellas. Girl was pregnant. She That's was crying. Yeah, fairy side goes in. She did what? Uh, oh, you don't. Oh, yeah. I'm not speaking. I didn't she... watch it. I only know the clips. You smoke crack. Wasn't that the girl from? <laughs> um, that was um. Charmaine from A Different World. That was. That got pregnant. Yeah. And didn't know how to tell her mama. Mr. Clark. I'm pregnant. <laughs> but hi, guys. What's up, y'all? What's goody? Welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast where your song may have been a bit boring. <laughs> and we might not have authorized you to change it. Okay. But we'll never hang up on you, okay? As always, I am P. Ryan. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter at I-A-M-P-R-Y-A-N. I'm Eric. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E. Dante Cole. Yes. But hey, how about this? Find us both on Instagram and Twitter at H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash HungUpPod. 
We really enjoy hearing from you guys. Please continue to send your love, your feedback, your stories, your catching ups, all that good stuff to hunguppod at gmail.com. And don't forget, we got a call button now. Okay, call. On our Insta page. Y'all must not have Reach out. Okay. Reach out. Call us. Okay, girl. And thank you guys so much for your ratings and reviews. Keep them coming on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you can find a man who will tell you to take a bow. Well, okay. Get the fuck out. I was listening to that earlier before you oh, got here. How about you get the fuck out? Take your things and be on your merry way. Okay. <laughs> I want my man to tell me take a bow, though. Okay. Okay. But yeah, let's just jump right into it. How are you? Should we introduce the guest now or later? After the check-in, before the check-in, between the check-in? We can... Between. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe the guest has a check-in. So let's do our check-in and then maybe we can check-in with the guest and, right. and like kind of bring him into the show. Sounds cute. How was your week? My week was pretty busy. It was just like work, work, work. Um, wah, 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 wah. It was. <laughs> it was shout out to Riri she's yeah. been <laughs> okay. on our minds tonight okay, she's been blessed on our show. hearts but just yeah just really busy with work I got a chance to hang out with a homie the other night um, play some cards and that was really cool to get a break from all the bullshit um, well not the bu- bullshit in a good way I mean just like work shit busy shit but um that was really it. Like, I didn't really do too much this week. Like, it was a good week. Yeah. Um, stayed, prayed up. Amen. As we must. Tried to eat well. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot of fruit, and my skin is hella dry. It's the winter. So your cum was delicious this week, basically. Pretty much. Okay, that's fine. Okay, we love a delicious cum. Because that's what it does, right? That is what it does. <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple, right? Pineapple, you know you can have oh, peppermint. I eat a lot okay. of pineapple. Really? A little peppermint goes a long way. Get out. Mm-hmm. And if you just drink a lot of water, it gives it a neutral taste. So, you know, you don't well, have to necessarily taste good. You could just taste like nothing. Or taste real sweet and shit, because just, I mean, I eat a lot of pineapple, just mm-hmm. so y'all know. Everyone listening. Yeah. Just, just, I'm just sure your DMs will be booming this week. They won't be. <laughs> you sure? They won't be. Are you sure? That or be familiar faces. Oh. Well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Amen. So, thank you for asking. My week was fabulous. Um, so, That's what you gotta ask so similar to <laughs> return service. Okay. You know I'm good at that, but not not just now, obviously. Verse life hashtag. <laughs> Similar to How about you get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I posted. Okay. So similar to last week, I think it was last week when you said you and your daddy was talking about gay shit. We was. Okay. And we was watching gay shit. Bitch, I think my mom would be listening right. to the show. Okay? Because out of the blue, she came with some gay shit. So We do have some listens in <laughs> What is it? You don't have some people t- my location. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can Edit that out when we when, we, when okay. we get into the lab. Okay. <laughs> but out of the blue, she um 
made sure to tell me this week that she is not here for Kevin Hart and he could pack his fucking bags and go. I know okay. that's right, mama. She was like, he said some horrible things about the gay community that I just don't appreciate. Yes, yes, I, I love it. Like, Give your mama a hug. Uh, you know, I gave her her props. And then she been doing her research. She was talking about the Ed Buck situation. Oh, right? Shit. We talked about him. Mother keeps up. When the first shit happened with was it Jamal or mm-hmm. Jamel? And now it happened again. And it happened again with the same person. Mm-hmm. So and it's, you know, I and it's interesting because I remember having a conversation with someone about that incident and you know, his response to it was kind of like, oh, you know, he was a prostitute. He kind of like got himself into that. And I just explained to him like that, how that wasn't a cool response. Yeah, I don't think prostitutes sign up for that. And now I'm wondering what people who had that type of opinion think now that this shit has literally repeated itself. Mm-hmm. So, and why is he not in jail? Is he locked up? But I just want to say shout out to my mama. Early hung up. Love you, girl. Yeah, shout out to mama. Yes. And so now it's time to introduce the guest! <laughs> Andrew! Andrew! <laughs> shout out, Big Mouth. <laughs> we have none other than just a cutie, light skin cutie, oh, light skin daddy. University of Maryland, Terps. Go Terps. Okay, go Terps. Even though we definitely didn't know each other on campus. It's all good. That campus is I'm actually really sad about it. Give him more. Just, I mean, what? Just a bad bitch all around. Just a bad bitch all the way around, and y'all about to hear about it. I mean, he's just an amazing guy. He's, you've probably seen him. You've probably heard about him on Insta. A lot of y'all probably follow him. Or... You're a familiar face in the DMs. Okay. You know? Real. Because he gets it's, it's very possible. Mm-hmm. You know, out here in, the, in these DM and Insta streets. But nah, like, this guy, for me, um, you know, has been a close friend, a confidant, a brother, mm-hmm. a mentor, like someone who I can look up to because this brother is someone who's my age but doing such great things. And I can't wait for you to tell your shit yeah so without further ado welcome everyone to the hung up podcast sterling, sterling thank you thank yes. you thank you bro thank oh you for God. coming to the show and whatever you, you know. know you're my brother and everything so <laughs> so cute what's up hi hey. hi i'm excited you look good. Thank got your you, black thank you. on. Yeah. Is that how you feel? You got your wearing your all black tonight? Yeah, I don't. I just we got you doing. You know, great wine. Feeling good. I'm feeling good. Are we hosting well? Is what hey. I'm trying to get to here. Yes. I've been fed. <laughs> I've been given. Fed. Let the, the people know because we feed you when you come. This episode was brought to you by Wine and Wings. Yeah. Okay. And shout out to our guests, like you know, Filet, mm-hmm. Phil, Johnson. Yes. We couldn't send you. We couldn't Skype you. We couldn't you send pizza. you a wine away. We okay. couldn't do that. So but we, we wanted to. Yes. Amen. 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 Sterling. Amen. Fabulous to have you. Did Thank you, you for you having me. Amen, and Ashe. Oh, Ashe. Amen. Okay. okay. Oh, so I said Ashe to you. What did you? What was your response? Amen. No, it was like something about being ashy. Oh, <laughs> ashy to you too. Bitch. Yeah, I was like, did well, I text you that? Yes, you <laughs> did. did. I don't put our text message out here. <laughs> I'm so nasty it, I'm, and I'm so I'm a screenshot rude. it I'm a screenshot it and post, and post it in my it. story like the rest yeah. of y'all knuckleheads do um, oh my goodness but we welcome you how was your week? You. my week has been really cool actually yeah. um, so 
we're getting back into the swing of things like everybody else from the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some really good meetings to kind of start off our planning process for the year, which has been really good for me as somebody who's like, I need structure. <laughs> so that's been <laughs> really helpful. Um, and then I also had the chance to go to alumni day at the school I used to teach at. Mm-hmm. And so they bring in all of the graduated seniors who are off doing whatever they're doing in their careers back to school to talk to the current seniors and just give them talk advice. Oh. Like everything. Talk about debt. Talk about like the party scene. How do you manage a schedule? What happens if I didn't go to college? Yeah, I chose trade really school. Cool. I'm in the military. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, and for cool. me, they're all my old students. So I could just go back and see my babies. So it was, oh my God, like yesterday was like the greatest thing. That's really dope. And I think that kind of leads us into our conversation. And so... You know, Eric and I are both quite familiar with you. Um, he calls you brother, I call you dad. Yeah. <laughs> no shade to my own daddy. <laughs> but I feel like we see your Instagram, we see the events you go to, we see how involved you are with the community. What do you do? <laughs> um, real fun. On paper, my official title is Executive Director of Programs. Uh, for the fellowship black male educators for social justice mm. uh, we are a nonprofit that supports the recruitment and retention of black male educators in philadelphia and throughout the country and so i spend my time building partnerships establishing some long-term plans and really doing whatever we can to support educators in philadelphia who are black men um, and thinking about ways to bring more into that space and you recently led planned bossed up a full conference can you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so that was really fun so um so prior to this role i spent the last eight years teaching so i've been a middle and high school english teacher um and so when i came on board that was at the end of the school year so i walked in july 1st and our conference was scheduled for october 12th and they were like cool here you go (laughs) and so we sat down my entire team is incredible there's a team of three of us and we started planning out every single piece of this conference mm. rooms workshops speakers who's getting a flight in program we need a badge somebody has to develop an app i did that and next thing you know we had 1100 black male educators and supporters in philadelphia for a weekend of community a weekend of learning yeah. and just some really dope shit that can you say a, shit that sounds amazing yes yeah, you can no, alright bet we have really dope shit <laughs> oh you don't listen to the show e for explicit I, I started out and check out our radio. we can get into the old stories Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones season one Ooh. okay <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing and like I think what's really dope about that is that you where's my point where is these things that are coming out now you actually and we don't have to go too much into it if you're not comfortable only let's because, get into it only because i have you know some insight on just kind of like your journey to this place where you're at right yeah. now you actually took a career risk mm. not a risk but a career yeah we call it that <laughs> it was a career risk but it was something that i think a lot of not just professionals but just a lot of people experience where mm-hmm. you come to like a crossroad in your work and your career whatever it is in your art and you're presented with an opportunity but in order for you to embark on that opportunity it, it you have to give up something well, and usually that something is pretty pretty big and I know, especially P. Ryan, with your music, you've 
talked about that a little bit here on the show. You want music? I'm not shit out here. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I hear what you're saying. No, as far as your sentiment about like, listen, like sometimes you may have to sacrifice. Yeah. In order to go, and you did that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. um, So, the organization started as literally a conversation, um, like three years ago. There were a bunch of black male educators who were all kind of convened together through a few common people. And we would have these monthly dinners in West Philly at the 48th Street Grill. And we'd just like talk about the work that we do. Yeah, check out 48th Street Grill. Yo. (laughs) Sounds like you spent quite a bit bit of money there. Tips, drinks. They know me. And they know, have my salmon ready. Um, That, oh, Jesus. Anyway. uh, And so it started as just like literally conversations. Like, I'm a principal. I'm a teacher. I'm a dean. I work in a central office. And I'm a black man. Here's what's like fucked fucked up about this world and that turned into you know what we all have a couple homies who could benefit from a space like this we can't all like squeeze four more guys into these seats that's just gonna make it weird let's set up a space we planned on like 50 people showing up to this thing between like 17 or 20 of us that were already involved 150 people show up to this thing the superintendent is there the newspaper is covering it and we're like shit this is way bigger next thing you know we incorporate as a 501c3 we bring on board our CEO, and then a year later, they're saying you should come on board. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So dropped teaching after a lot of thought. Like this, I've been going back and forth with them for probably six months before and I. It wasn't said yes. easy for you because I know teaching was a passion. Like being in the classroom was something that was very near and dear to your heart. Yeah. So that yeah. wasn't easy walking away from that. No. Definitely not. Uh, like I said, dropped earlier, and I was like, <laughs> it was not a drop. That was a, a very long long like let down um and in some ways i actually do feel like i've let people down to be quite honest Mm. but um we'd had a conversation back in like december and i was like absolutely not absolutely not i started out teaching seventh grade and then four years into my career i moved to 12th grade which means that i got to see the students i started teaching with enter our school and leave it and i did that three years in a row where it was like oh my god like you all are my kids I've literally mm-hmm. spent six years with you watched you grow and become become people like that wow. you don't just set that down and walk away you mm-hmm. don't and especially given the the work that I had done there and the, the rooms that I was in I mean you all know what it's like to sit in a room and be the only black man in that space I do like that's been my entire career and I was like if I don't do it I don't know that I've been able to build or help support a pathway for the next one to take that spot for me I already know the person they're picking and it won't look like me yeah and so it was tough trying to say like yeah it's worth it to leave that space behind to try to create more inroads to that space for more people mm-hmm. and I took it and there are definitely sometimes I miss what I do but I have been so so blown away by the work I've been able to do the the people I've been able to engage with the conversations I've been able to have about this issue and how we address the fact that only 2% of all teachers in America are black men mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, I miss my kids, but to be able to look back one day and be like, yeah, so many more kids had a me, because I ain't gonna lie, I'm dope. Like, to say that more kids had that, like, that is, that is a life well lived. 2%, when you hear that number, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. Like, 2%. So, really, that kind of leads into um, one of my first questions is, for you, is... In regards to your organization's mission, which is 
getting more black educators into the classroom. I think it may, and that's just from a quick snapshot. It, I'm sure it may encompass many other things because I know you guys have quite a bit of programs. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys do a lot of different things. But in regards to that particular part of it, you know, getting more black male educators into the classroom, you just said two percent, right? Which mm-hmm. is like a daunting number, right? But what do you envision? What's the best case scenario? Like the best case scenario is having more black male educators in the classroom, obviously, whatever that percentage is. What does that look like? Like, how does that benefit our community? Like, what does that look like for our kids? And, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think in the most literal sense of the term, if we get that, like? if, yeah, we, yeah, if yeah. we achieve that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think literally it's it looks like the people that I see throughout my day as a student in America's schools look like me in many different ways. And so I can see them reflected in my skin tone. I can see them reflected in my gender expression. I can see them reflected in the kind of person I think I want to be like when I grow up. And a piece of that should absolutely be black men. We know the the myths out there, the stereotypes out there about what we are and who we are, and particularly what we aren't and who we aren't and who we can't be. Um, space for those individuals in classrooms where children are most socialized into what America is like that right there is the biggest key to dismantling I think so much of what we see in our country now in terms of racial strife in terms of legitimate reprehensible oppression that is like blind to truth that is blind to fact and blind to history and so like black men are just point blank period an integral part of what it means to build the kind of America that we've supposedly espoused for 200 and some odd years and so my work is rooted in ensuring that more and more spaces recognize that affirm that and actively seek to incorporate that into what they're giving to kids because the research tells us that black men are good for everybody yeah Mm -hmm. like we we always talk about like Mm -hmm. these young boys need a good black man in their life like yep 100% absolutely do I'm the product of incredible black men White kids learn from black men too. Yeah. 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 And when we think about the fact that our entire system is not going to change overnight, some of those white children now are going to grow up to make the decisions about our country. They're sitting in our seats right now and they will be congressmen and women in 30 years. Not they will having, be business owners in not 30 having years. Those type of interactions. And so when we take those things missing. away, that creates a complete mm-hmm. bias and furthers the implicit biases that we get through our socialization. Absolutely. And so when we replace that and say like, nope, let me let me pop that bubble for you real early on and make sure you know like a black man is absolutely articulate, a black man is absolutely successful and entrepreneurial and innovative and safe and all these things safe. that we are taught aren't yes. what a black man yeah. can or should be or present as. Yeah. Now you think differently about how you operate in this world white person now you think differently about the way that you enact policy white person now you think differently about how you see individuals and see the way that systems in this system systems in this country are set up against certain individuals so i mean it's it's clearly proven we think and it is integral to what we're doing to build a, a greater society and so those of us who are in service work like that's the ultimate goal a better world so that our kids live in something that isn't afflicted the way ours is now. Mm-hmm. We think this is a direct line to that. 
this is so mind-blowing. Like, it seems so... It makes such clear sense, but you don't really hear kind of this take on, like, changing the system through education, in a sense, right? Yeah. In such, like, a, a unique way. Yeah, thank you. Education matters. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And I really appreciate you, especially as someone who, you know, my career is... My background's higher education. Mm-hmm. So these kids that you're interacting with, I'm interacting with after they're graduating and they're making their way through college. And, you know, that work that you do, you know, K through 12 is really like critical. It's like survival. And unfortunately, we can try to teach them as much as we want, but we still can't teach them everything to prepare them for. And I think especially... You know, sending kids off to college at the age of 17 and 18 has now been a controversial, it's starting to be, you know, a controversial issue and people are talking about it more because we're asking them to make these huge decisions, not only financial decisions, but career decisions and life decisions at such an early age when a lot of them are not ready for that. So, again, you know, just I'm, I'm like, I echo P. Ryan sentiments. I'm I'm really just glad to have you here to tell that side. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we appreciate the ability to speak more about this. I think everyone looks at it as just this like, oh yeah, like you should see black men because good black men are out there thing, but it's like, nope, there's a transformative effect when we challenge those notions that people have been ingrained with. And so we love the fact that we get to speak more about this work and talk about how we're all gonna change this system. So according according to the Guardian Online, 2018 was the worst year on record for gun violence in schools. Mm-hmm. So just to read a little clip, they said a research cited counted 94 incidents, which was a 60% increase, um, I guess, on the previous year. Or I guess maybe they're comparing it to 2006. I'm not really sure like how they did their data. But, and, you know, just to highlight a few of what they call high profile attacks was Parkland, Florida, Santa Fe, Texas, you know, and this has become more and more of, I don't know. I don't know what it's become. I don't know what the word is. Cause honestly, when I see it happen on the news or you see it on the Twitter, like, you know, I get a little sick in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I really don't know. I don't necessarily have an answer. Like, I'm not really sure what's what's going on. I mean, you know, my follow-up question is, you know, how do you feel about teachers carrying guns? Because they've started, schools have actually started to implement that yeah. in response to these type of things. So I want your reaction to that. But first, like, what do you guys think is going on that there's been such a high... Um, like uptick in like violence where people really just feel okay with taking a gun and going into school and just killing people for no reason. I think we're seeing a convergence of two things. One, pressure on kids in school is increasing year after year. The increased access that we have because of technology means that bullying is more prevalent Incidents of sexual indecency are more prevalent. We are seeing the fact that people can access literally anything, allow for literally anything. And so kids have so much more pressure on them about what they have to look like and how they have to act and what they need to wear and and who they need to be on them 
at the same time, that access to firearms continues to not really be that big of a challenge. If I have a gun owner in proximity to me, barrier eliminated in certain places, as long as I have somebody who is old enough, I can get my hands on a gun within a couple of days because of the changes and differences in background checks and things like that. And so when somebody isn't meeting those expectations that are placed on them about societal pressure, and when they have access to these danger points, there's an opportunity that's waiting. Mm. Could I also add maybe like another layer, just viewing it less from like an educator standpoint and more of like a mental health worker standpoint? I, I feel like there's also maybe a lack of... I won't even say mental health resources, but competent mental health resources yeah. to help navigate and mitigate yeah. some of those pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that we see in schools all the time that for just everyday classroom educators, like that competency is such a critical mm-hmm. piece of how we manage our rooms and identify where additional help is perhaps needed, um, as opposed to doing what we often see and think is the case, because it is in some places where we just become the angry teacher who can't handle this sure. unruly child not recognizing that there is a specific challenge that that student has that just needs to be supported differently or the guidance counselor who just presents these fairy tale solutions to their issues and it's just like okay here out the door right yeah. like no turns out like there is a legitimate mm-hmm. concern mm-hmm. that can be addressed that doesn't have to be you know a complete non-starter for the student sure so, and, and you know what, and both sides, like, thank you, both both of you, like, very legit and great feedback. So, like, and, and that's why, like, organizations like the NRA just disgust me. Mm. Because when you're in a position of power, no matter where that is, where that lies, but in this particular example, I'm talking about the NRA. When you're in a position of power that really has direct influence on exactly what the issue is, and you don't care to become educated or or you know you don't care to try to you know innovate or bring um diverse people into a conversation or you're kind of open to it seems like they really play on the fact of, they 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 play off of this like white racist america and like all these people out here who are toting their guns and yeah. they be damned if you come my house take my damn gun boy you know what i mean and they just <laughs> standing strong for those people because they know that those people will continue to support them and people like donald trump and it's just kind of sick that they don't even recognize these societal issues that a lot of people who are black and brown and poor white have to deal with and suffer under, you know, and, you know, that that slogan, that hashtag, this is America is so strong to me because every time something happens like this or, you know, any other type of injustice that we can go on all night about, like just naming different types of, you know, things that happen, you know, it's just like this is America. This is America where we really don't we we the government's been shut down for 20 days because Donald Trump wants a wall. People are literally being evicted. Section 8 housing um you know funding has been delayed. People are getting evicted. People are clearing out their savings to pay mm-hmm. their bills. Mm-hmm. Like people are really hurting and it's just like I, this is America. I feel like we are totally it's the wrong like it's like North Pole, South Pole, like it's total opposite. Like we don't care about people. So, 
But ask yourself, like, who was in those Well, America rooms. doesn't seem to care oh, about absolutely. people. Absolutely. The system doesn't seem to care about people, is what I'm trying to say. But ask yourself who was in the rooms and who wasn't in the rooms when those kids who now run the system right. were growing up. Not black men. Do they see people of color? No. No. Do they, and especially don't see them as competent or deserving of anything other than sort of like casual acknowledgement. So, what's your response to teachers carrying guns? I'm against it. I think it sets up this really sort of convoluted system that says we recognize the dangers that exist and that schools aren't immune to those dangers. Therefore, we need to arm the individuals in them against those dangers. Mm. While at the same time seeming to suggest that the very idea of coming into a school is somehow like a step too far. Like every time we see one of these school shootings, everyone is just floored that this tragic, abysmal, like horrific thing is able to happen. Mm. Like, okay, cool. Like we can do that. We can totally look at schools right. as this sort of safe space, this mecca, if you will, right. that should be separate with from this the invisible the, bubble exactly that bad people shouldn't penetrate like and that as a society that should just be like untouchable but when we that's a dangerous way of i feel like that's where you're going like when you have that type of mentality that is a dangerous way that's a dangerous route and when we ignore things like that tragedies happen absolutely and then on the flip side we tell ourselves like oh to avoid the thing that we thought was just impossible and we still think is somehow untouchable we're going to arm you yeah. You're, you're you're taking the truth and flipping it yeah. on itself and saying like nope, if you both if you everybody ignores the lie, we can call it the truth. Like no, that's just not how this works. And so I think we got to get rid of both of those like falsehoods and recognize like as much as we would want schools to be those places, they are not. They are just as susceptible to dangers as a post office, mm. as a grocery store, yeah. as any other building, as a church, yeah. as a church, a church. Yeah. as a movie theater, yeah, and so a we, mall. We either choose to arm everything at the same level because we seem to value life and continue to say that we value life, or we eliminate the idea that the solution is arming individuals inside who are tasked with a completely different responsibility. Mm. Because we have seen that, like, however you viewed the school, that doesn't stop somebody from coming in. And so for us, I think as, as educators... To tell me, hi, spend your day building human beings, but be ready at a moment's notice to take a life in pursuit of that mission. Mm. Like you are asking people to perhaps like split themselves yeah. into two um, very different outlooks deep. on life. That's, that's, hmm. Like if I'm investing myself in literally building humans, I don't think in the same breath I can then say like, because you've intruded upon this space, I am now empowered to take yours. And that's a personal opinion. I recognize that, but it's asking teachers to, to fight fights that they did not sign up for. And I'm thinking like, I to me, the idea is keep guns out. Why are we bringing them in? Like arming teachers? Like, I don't, I just don't see that as, you know, 
I, I don't agree with that either. P. Ryan. And it could honestly, I feel like, lead to greater issues, right? I feel, so, like, yeah, yeah, you're arming them for threats that are actually real, but then also arming them for threats that they perceive to be real. Mm-hmm. Come on. You know? Who? Which, you know, I don't We know already know we have an issue there. high school then. demographic was, but mine right. was very much. 85% black. Well, mine was, I would say, 80 plus percent white, mm. right? And so. I could have been a threat, mm-hmm. right? Or well, we know black skin is like threatening, me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Could have been a threat, and there were so many times research has proven on, like, that black skin is threatening, to yeah. be, even to black people. Mm-hmm. Black skin can be more threatening. And I think of all the many times <laughs> when I was in high school, middle school, where people who looked like me, you know, were deemed as threatening, were punished for being threatening when they were just having a, a school experience, right? So imagine equipping a, a educator with a gun. How that would go. Yeah. Hey, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here on the Hunger Podcast, we have had quite a few discussions around toxic masculinity. And now that you're here on the show, um, I wanted to ask you, how does that show up in the classroom? I think it shows up in classrooms the same way we see it showing up in all aspects of society. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our kids, our boys, um, in particular, demonstrate the things that they have seen modeled for them, the things that society tells them they're supposed to be, and that then create a social sort of caste system that rewards them for doing those things. And so when we look at schools, they just continue to perpetuate everything that kids are seeing outside of school. And I think that then leads into the the, the violence piece that we see there in, in some cases because of what society creates in these spaces. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I feel like the young generation is really like, especially the young male generation, mm-hmm. is straying away kind of like from these hegemonic norms. They're becoming much, like with the youth that I kind of work with, they're becoming much more comfortable with the fluidity of sexuality, of uh sexual expression of gender expression not really adhering much to these like masculine norms are you finding that in kind of like the school setting like kind of just an acceptance of whatever you present is what you are and that's good so there's no need to really like yeah bathrooms is that an issue in the schools so depends it depends um i would say like yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing both Mm -hmm. i'm seeing both happen because i mean in society both are happening Mm -hmm. and school schools are microcosms of society yes yes they are Mm -hmm. and so are universities too yeah absolutely schools yeah and so like (laughs) yes i think we're we're certainly seeing both take place and both Mm -hmm. do exist in to varying degrees depending on you know that particular context um and so to go back to your point which was this is a point of the show and we all drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, you were asking. My question was about toxic masculinity yeah. and how it shows up in the classroom. Yeah, and then you asked something. It was like, I was speaking to you on your point, P. Ryan, and then. Grow. <laughs> we can pick it up wherever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But going back to the toxic masculinity piece, like, absolutely. So, one, like, I think that's where it, it sort of develops and reinforces itself. Mm. And then, you know, here comes the, the part of the educator. Like, how do we help untrain students from some of those mindsets mm. and mm. challenge what 
they may be seeing in other places and challenge what habit has told us is is the norm um, so that we create you know stronger more positive ways of viewing people and viewing society how do you unpack that right because it's not curriculum based it's not like you're coming in for mm-hmm. unpack toxic masculinity class 101 <laughs> right, right? Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how does that work in the classroom setting I think educators find their own styles mm-hmm. one um, what was your style like as <laughs> one who... um, so one I think challenge I challenge the premise right away mm-hmm. I think that's definitely something for me that I was like oh this is how I at least set an expectation for kids that like you say some shit that sideways we're not just gonna let it ride mm-hmm. I'm not here to diss you like I, I, I work very hard to establish really strong relationships with my kids right. but like part of us having a good relationship and me actually caring about you means I'm gonna call you on shit I know is wrong mm-hmm. so that you don't go out here and, and mess up when it could really really hurt you mm-hmm. like that's what school is you should make the mistakes here and that should help you learn mm-hmm. and so like we should ultimately help each other learn um, but I think the premise piece is critical so let's say it's something around toxic masculinity or more common it's just a use of a term that is just inappropriate just calling something the R word yeah. and so when that happens in my class and some kids who've had me long enough mm. will start doing it for me now which is great like take the load off anytime you can um, I'll automatically tell them that's not what you mean like if you think about what you were trying to say to them you weren't indicating the meaning of the R word. You meant something else. And so I'll say that, like, you meant something else. Mm. Tell me what you actually meant. Use that word. And so that challenges them mm. on their thinking. To communicate. To communicate. And it's because not about you saying, like, you're hashtag. wrong or bad. Everything's a hashtag. Everything's an acronym. Everything, you know, even, as you know, how these kids be on social media and, like, they're not typing the words out fully. Oh, they're not. Shit. They just, they're not using grammar <laughs> I can't, I know, the right. correct way. So I, little things like this, not little things, but things like this, I think, are important and can really resonate with someone who may not get those type of lessons any in any other space in their lives. And that is the case sometimes. For a lot of teachers, I think, right? Oh, yeah. I think we all see, you know, a, a wide array of students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of those students, this is that place for them. There are many students who come from like really, really fortunate and privileged situations, for sure. Uh, and there are some who do not. And so... We do have the space in schools where when we're doing our job right, we get to be the ones who help students see a different perspective, expose them to a new way of thinking and a new way of existing and affirming other people in this world. I really appreciate kind of you sharing or detailing the method of how you kind of reshape um, these behaviors that you see or that you know don't really rock with you and I think it really fits the presentation of and not to be like too cliche with the jargon but like it really exemplifies like calling in rather than calling out certain behaviors yeah. right so instead of I saying like, like this is what you're doing this is bad you're really challenging your students to you're bringing consider what they're doing like yeah you put that. and like figure out how this doesn't that. really align with like what's necessary appropriate blah yeah. blah 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 I love that. Call in. Instead of calling out, because that we're especially we're in a culture of especially with social media, we see it a lot with bullying, especially online with social media, but just like this 
this way of like putting people in their place mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and you know having a moment with someone and setting them straight so that way you can get the retweets and the likes you know what I mean it strokes your ego and it makes them feel like shit but I think saying like oh you didn't mean to say that really challenges a person to question to themselves what did I mean to say and how do I find a more appropriate way of saying that right so it's something that you can use in school but it's something that we can use with our family members we can use with our friends like it generalizes I like that yeah that's (laughs) cute look I've I've made plenty of mistakes but I think that's one thing I've definitely been been able to start getting right a lot more yeah so I have two more questions Michelle I was I told you my love for YouTube has been real lately. Mm-hmm. So I was watching YouTube recently and I saw that she did an interview. She's like on a book Michelle tour. Obama? Yeah, Michelle. Be gone. <laughs> oh, you said Michelle. That's where I went. So okay. I was like, I'm with you. I'm Michelle. Hey, girl. Lois. Okay. Our first lady. Okay. The Forever. Forever. Miss Mrs. Michelle Obama did an interview recently while she was doing a book tour, I believe, on YouTube. You guys should check it out. Just Google it. I have no idea who she was sitting next to. It wasn't Michelle. Uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the interview she did with Oprah. I think it was someone else. But anyway, this part of the interview kind of really pulled me in. She talked about her challenges growing up in her neighborhood, you know, back when she was growing up as a little girl. And she talked about how she wanted, you know, X, Y, Z. You know, she had all these goals. She had all these aspirations, all these dreams. But the people that she grew up around, a lot of them didn't have that same mm. go-getter type of mentality. They didn't have the same or didn't have, you know, many or any dreams um, or aspirations. So she talked about how she had to walk different lines when she was in certain environments, you know, kind of like a survival mechanism. And many of us know that as code switching, right? My question for you, Sterling, is what is your experience working directly with young black men who often find themselves? Because I think you are in, you're often teaching in an urban and school environment, right? Yeah. So what's your experience, what is your experience talk about with these young black men who find themselves code switching, like navigating these different spaces? Because we know with code switching, what's really um, prominent is to be black and to be smart is not, they can't be in the same thing and you're often called, you know, the F word or, you know, a sissy or, you know, you're not man enough or, you know, you mm-hmm. know all these things yeah. that young black men, because young black men are, you know, they from a young age, they're, you know, told to be a man. You know, they're they're told to be a man before they can even have a childhood. With no definition of what that is. With no definition or understanding (laughs) of what that even is. (laughs) So I just wanted you to talk about that a little bit and what your experience is like with that in the classroom and how a teacher would, like yourself, would approach that. Well, I think... um, A UFO? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's time already, Tam. Can you imagine Um, a UFO coming through the hood? Like, yo, at least I got to shape up With the music bumping. UFO in the hood. (laughs) You heard it here first? (laughs) Okay. It's like a... Okay. (laughs) With hydraulics. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I want it animated like Baby's Kids. That's that's what made it. Oh, set me up right. Um, But like the... So I think the code switching thing, yeah, we've we've had that conversation a lot with yeah. students. Because I mean, I can remember when I was in school, and I would 
get scolded on using, you know, AAVE, Ebonics. Like, mm-hmm. we use something, and I remember the most impactful teacher I'd ever had. To this day, I still, like, man, this woman set me straight in so many ways, and she's phenomenal, Mrs. Hillian. Um, would say, like, nope. We'll mm-hmm. do it like in a standard English mm-hmm. way. And so I remember being trained that way and walking in and wanting to default to that, right? Like that's the system I was socialized in. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn like, wait a minute, like I'm a grown man who can code switch. I know for a fact that in certain settings, yep, standard English, that is the way that we work. Subject verb agreement is on point. There shan't be a single shan't shan't okay. be a single. <laughs> dangling modifier dangling here nor there come on dangle you can say ask and axe okay okay <laughs> and the two different things you know like that was the that's that's how I yeah. that's how I was raised yeah. um, but I realized like nah that's that's BS I be with my friends and this is how we talk like I'm not trying to put on some kind of minstrel show but like sure. yeah like code switching the code switching is a thing and I think like, a lot of us adults still do a version of code switching or whatever that version is yeah I think a lot of people still do that mm-hmm. you know what I mean and code switching isn't necessarily between proper and woo child the ghetto <laughs> okay right it could also be between hey girl and what's up bro you know what I mean so okay. we do absolutely do it on multiple levels depending on who you're talking to mm-hmm. and so I think I believe that if we're going to build good adults like if, that's, if we're raising young people up to be great like ultimate adults people in society like we got to start that process while they're developing it can't just be a like mm-hmm. turn the switch now you're in college be an adult now you're out of school be an adult like no you have to develop that sure. you have to build those skills and so i talk to my students about code switching and recognizing that when we're having a dialogue in class about a novel i'm an english teacher by trade like yeah let's chop it up the way that we chop it up i don't mind that however when you communicate formally aka in prose like i'm going to expect you to adopt standard protocols to communicate your work across all platforms. And so, like, that's not me saying give up who you are. That's me saying recognize, like, this is the the language that is used in this system. You need to be proficient in it. Like, in the same way that if somebody walked up to you with your homies and was like, greetings and salutations, gentlemen, you look at them funny because they don't operate along the same language scale that you do. The same exact thing exists on the opposite side. So just because you do not perhaps consider yourself a an organic part of academia like does not mean that you do not belong there does not mean that you cannot find success in that space and so yeah I, I'm totally with code switching and recognizing its needs you don't know the words you just spoke but that's okay hey and can it be argued I don't want to you know mellow too much on this topic but I think it can be argued that structure of society has kind of forced especially black and brown people to code switch especially like when it comes to workplace like just surviving maybe just when i say surviving i mean being able to cope with day-to-day work being able to cope with day-to-day white folks in your workplace um like we've said not all of them are terrible sure for sure i mean but we also know that a lot of y'all have the potential to be. Mm. Okay. Well, my God. I'll say it. Y'all make it so hard at work. Mm. And again, yeah. imagine what would happen if black male educators were a part of your existence earlier on. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if those cultural exchanges happened. You know what? That's actually real. Yeah. To when you mentioned that earlier, I wanted you know, to I'm, say I was 
watching the video on YouTube. <laughs> but this this <laughs> Dr. D'Angelo something, she wrote a book about white um, fragility. Mm-hmm. And she talked about that that point that you just what was that point what did, what did you just say? if black male educators were around yes. to intervene in the early she, stages she, she mentioned she she said that she was like think about just the decades and even now but previous decades and decades and decades up until now of all these white men who are now in really high positions yeah. at companies and they, they have CEOs and they're over some of these guys are over thousands of employees that come from all type of backgrounds mm-hmm. and you know a diverse group of people and they've never once taken a diverse diversity course in law school those are not required in med school you do not have to take a diversity course you don't have to learn about race Mm -hmm. you know when you go through um you know engineering school and but you end up leading companies you know what i'm saying like these people end up in these positions and and even when you do have to take a diversity course as one who has been a speck in a bowl of milk in a diversity course it really is just oh yeah you gotta listen to their story mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you have to validate it that doesn't mean you have to actually believe yeah. it's a thing that doesn't mean you have to recognize that you right. are probably a part of the systematic issue that creates this narrative yeah. Yeah. right so last question kind of snowballing it from you know how we were just talking about you know, these young black men um, and, and girls that find themselves in, you know, traversing, you know, <laughs> different climates and, and spaces and having to code switch. Our frat brother, Dr. Shazare Warren. Hey! Shout out to him. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> Wait, I feel like you cut it off. Yeah, I didn't want to be too fratty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, six frat. Okay. Wrote a book called Urban Preparation. Sure Young did. black men moving from Chicago's South Side to success in higher education. Pick it up on Amazon. Please do. It's it's great. And he focused on kids that really fall into this category. Yeah. Who, you know, come from these quote unquote tougher areas, mm-hmm. right? That that's what they write on paper, right? Mm-hmm. His research showed that it can be argued that many of these kids are actually more prepared than these white kids that come from these well-to-do families to handle the challenges of schools and studies and challenging coursework, given the nature of the struggles and the things that they've had to overcome and survive, whether that be code switching or, you know, we've heard the stories, watching my mom get beat or watching my mom be alcoholic or my dad being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Or my dad not being present and me having to take care of mom or mom not being present because she works three jobs and I got to take care of my sib- What Whatever it is. Yeah. We've heard all these different stories. He argued that, you know, they're more prepared. So, and, and just to, you know, add on to that, so many are quick to write these type of kids off based on you know where they come from and what their background is i just want to get your thoughts on that and and again like this is your lane really these are the type of kids that you've worked with a lot yeah um and i think one i would i would shout out dr warren for really like challenging this idea that 
like those kids, quote unquote. Love you, LB. Automatically, yeah, it's my tail right there. Um, that's my profile. <laughs> <laughs> I like, no, seriously, y'all, like, check this book out. I love how you. <laughs> he challenges this idea that like those kids is is automatically this sort of like deficit based um, existence right. of like, oh, you're from this you know hood, so you don't have any resources, and there's drugs and gangs and right. guns and, right. and that's just like all your life really is and right. you have to try to like make and it you, out of this thing and you can't aspire to be anything right else. like yeah he really challenges that notion and says right. like yes some of those challenges and issues might be a part of some of these students existences however like that is not the summation of who they are that does not indicate the trajectory that they are guaranteed to take and it doesn't limit or stymie their potential like and mm-hmm. as we see and as he talks about like it actually creates additional opportunities for them because of the exposure that they've had and the skills that are developed because of some of those situations. And I think I've seen students for whom that has been the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they have had lives where they don't get to just be a student. Like when I was in school, I was incredibly fortunate to be able to go to school and like just be a student for the most part. Like, yeah, I had some challenges and, and issues. My parents divorced when I was younger. And so I was living in a single parent household but at no point was I expected to take on more than my job. Like my job was to go to school and get good grades and be a good kid. And yep, now I'm getting older. Great. Learn to do some laundry, learn to do some dishes, learn to cook some dinner so that you don't starve when dad comes in late. Cool. But like there are some kids who have a ton more that they're doing besides being a student. They're also being a parent. They're also being a provider. They're also being a confidant and an emotional support for another human being likely an adult like that is a lot and I just want to put an asterisk on that because if we keep it real that that's not always the case for everybody sometimes you're just black and you in the hood because that's just where you grow up and you got a mama and a daddy Mm -hmm. and y'all doing just fine Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and you have all the love that you that you need in in the home yeah but for the purposes of this conversation, right. we're talking about that other side. But I just wanted to say that. Oh, 100%. We, we're not generalizing. That rec- that recognition, ooh, words, that you have, though, I think goes back and exemplifies what happens when there are black men in mm, these institutions. Yes. Let's even make it broader, right? I think what Dr. Warren mentioned and also what you kind of expounded on exemplifies why HBCUs are so valuable. Mm. Because, you know, whereas these white institutions just kind of see these black bodies and are just like, okay, figure it out, right? They don't see that potential, right? HBCUs, I think, do see that potential and not only see it, but challenge it, right? Pull it out of you. Make you prove that what we see is a thing. Yeah? Yeah. Just wanted to put that out there. I think schools operate in the exact same way at the, Mm -hmm. you know, more primary, secondary level where we look at kids and are able to say like we we see the potential there like we can can provide guidance and insight and challenge your thinking in terms of what's possible and 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 where you can go because of and or despite the situation that you might be in Mm -hmm. in your neighborhood you know like i going to 12th grade in particular it opened up so much for me because i had the experience of seeing those kids when they were like 12 so like I saw you when you were 12, I now see you at 16, 17, 18, and I'm like, you 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 can't see it because you're living it right now, but I can see who you were and who you are. And because I could see that, I could see who you can become. Mm. And like the excitement that you get when you're like, 
you just don't even know how great you are yet, but I see it and I feel it. And God, I know at least one thing that can probably help you get a little bit closer to that. Like that, that gets to be the space that we operate in. And so like this idea that kids have this value add because of their sometimes like challenged lives. Like, yeah, absolutely. Use what you've been given to develop resilience and ingenuity and a deeper purpose and a deeper sense of hope and a deeper inner strength. Like, yeah, like do that. Like teachers are partners, are supporters of helping like expand that and help people really just like dive into it. Like that's, that's our role. Like we don't decide anything. Like that is, I think such a messed up way of looking at what we do. Like teachers make doctors and make lawyers. Like, nope, we don't do that. Like we do help like put some pieces in place. We do help like shift your thinking. We do help put some new stuff into the ether for you. Like, yeah, like I'm gonna get like, I'm never gonna tell you what you should be, but I'm gonna give you some shit to play with though. Like you definitely going think about something differently because of our conversations. You're definitely gonna see something new because of our interactions. Like, yeah, that's definitely happening. Well, mm. this has mm. been such a great conversation. Yes. Let's let's wrap this up. I, let me just say from my final thought, um, I'm really glad that we had this conversation. And, you know, I think black male educators, um, doctors, therapists, going down the line, I think we are needed and our stories need to be told. Because I was watching um, something Oprah did with... No, it wasn't Eckhart Tolle. It was someone else and they were talking about how you know people a lot of people walk around with broken dreams they had this conversation about how people walk around with broken dreams especially like our parents our grandparents and our great-grandparents like so many people have wanted more they felt it you know but they never were able to accomplish that so many people died with broken hearts not having to accomplish their dreams and it's been a generational thing where we're often left behind and the only people who talk about us and love up on us is really us mm-hmm. whether it be platforms like this at hung up podcast or whether it be a huge platform or you know you know what i'm saying like there's 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 a huge spectrum to it where i'm just trying to say like we're we're really the only people who really look out for us and i think it is important that we have black male educators in these spaces to look in the faces of these little black boys and these little black girls to let them know that you are enough You don't have to be twice as good. You are already good enough. And that we can start mending these broken hearts and we can actually start going after our dreams. Because no matter how people try to shift it, especially the White Walkers, the history of America is dark, is very bloody. And what has happened to Black people is something that I'm just... And what's happening now, mm-hmm. really, in my lifetime, like, you know, I was able to hear the stories and study a little bit about the things that happened before me. But, you know, I'm, I'm a 30-something, and I've seen a few things, and it's just like, even what's happening now, you know, I'm just, <sighs> hashtag, this is America. Mm-hmm. And that's my takeaway from the conversation, why we need more black male educators. Because... We die in a broken hearts. We either die in literally or we die in a broken hearts. And 
black people are out here. We're screaming at the top of our lungs in the middle of the street, crying out for help. And white folks just going to tax for having their child. Starbucks. <laughs> Let me get Some, my latte. Because not every white person can afford sex. Okay. Mm. That's true. Okay. Their money can't get them where their skin can. An anomaly to say that the powers <laughs> to be that can really invoke change and really do something. Mm. They're not doing nothing. I will just say thank you so much for being here. I feel like the knowledge that you put on this table we did not have before. You honestly have been the most enjoyable person that we've interviewed to date. For me. Um, wow. I'm going to own my feelings. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Delicious. No, this was a dope conversation. It. Thank you so much it. for being here. Well, this is our first guest that we actually had in person. No, 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 no. Ken and J-Mo mm-hmm. are a couple guests. And the homie Bryce. And Bryce. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, we had in person so I always enjoy the in person interviews I think it always makes for a better conversation what are your final thoughts brother um yeah like I think you you don't get to a better place in this country without black men um black women have been carrying us all let's let's put that on the table real story put it on the table let's just be clear about that let's be clear um 100% and I think alongside them like black men are 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 gonna start to shift the paradigms um, as a part of how we become a better nation. And so we have to look at the way that we build this next group and start to challenge what society tells them is the case and challenge what all the systems around them say is what will be their future. To be able to say, like, actually, it can be done differently, and doing it differently actually can be better. So I'm excited about the work that I do. I'm excited to be able to know that Ultimately, we're we're saving the planet out here, um, and that's a again a pretty nice way to live. Like, like we saving the planet. I like that. Like if I can do that <laughs> and pay some bills. Like, psh, clutch, clutch. You bringing clutch back in 2019? <laughs> I'm, I can't fetch. That's gonna happen. So clutch gotta be. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you, Sterling, for coming and. Dialing in, hanging out with your boys at the Hung Up Podcast. Yeah, we'd love to hear your reactions, guys. Feel yes. free to hit us up on the telephone or on the email. Can't wait to hear you. We'll be back after this short Bef- break. Before we before take a break, we take a Sterling, break. give your... Where can they find you? Oh, yes. Where, where can, can they, they hit your DM? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can hit me on Instagram at G. So that's S-T-E-R-L-Y-G. Um... You can try on Twitter. I really only have a Twitter for work purposes because I... So they can try. You can try. What's the try? What's the, <laughs> the try is Sterling underscore G because some... <laughs> not me Somebody stole took my it. shit. But, uh, so S-T-E-R-Y-L... Wait, try that again. S-T-E-R-L-Y mm-hmm. underscore, underscore G. G. <laughs> okay. Reading. Um, it's fundamental. So, yeah, that's me. Uh, thank you thank you thanks (laughs) you're welcome we'll be right back we'll be right back y'all to finish the show out if you'd like to make a call please hang up and try again if you need help hang up and then dial your operator hey guys so we're back we back and it's that time of the show y'all know we love it yes it is the hung up or hanging up so um who's going first do you wanna go that's fine (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mama. Mama, you know I love you. 
Hallelujah. Uh, what was you saying? You know I love you, mama. Come on, y'all. Come, come on. Sterling. Mama, you're the queen of my heart. Come on, y'all. Hey. Your love is like tears from the start. They did a Mariah Carey. They went up and up and up. Mama, I just want you to know. Come on. That you're what? That's for all the mamas Amen. out there, okay? And mine, okay, who came through with In-house that heaven heart. And Ed Buck <laughs> praise, okay? That's my girl. She was not here for his ass. Also, I'm it. hung up on you, Sterling, for coming through with a come through. And giving you, us an interview for the ages. The Because you know, you know, Sterling knows Spanish, y'all. Okay? He, <laughs> he is bilingual. He looks Spanish. He looks a little Spanish. Okay? What's your middle name? <laughs> Let's see your goddamn birth certificate. That's what they said. Yes. What about you, Harry? So I want to start off by, you know, first, I'm already, I hung up on Donald Trump earlier for this bullshit with the government being shut down now for 20 we gotta shut him down. days, y'all. And people are angry. 20 long days. Hey, uh, and <laughs> I ain't work for <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 20 yes. whole nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not a check. Can you feel? Okay? Not a check. That ain't right. That ain't right. That was funny as fuck. No, maybe the situation is fucked up. And that's what comedy is about. You gotta laugh at fucked up situations. While you cry. That's all mm-hmm. we're doing for you. Mm. So, but anyway, I just think it's a shame that, you know, this whole shutting down the government has really become a weapon. Mm. For people to do this tug of war, and he crying, not getting what he wanted. But anyway, moving right on. To end it, I just wanted to say I'm hung up on the producers of Girls Trip and Night School. Because on April 12th, they are bringing us little... Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Issa Rae, Marseille, mm-hmm. Martin, George Lott. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see it. Regina... I got the names mixed up on the last episode. I don't want to do it again. P. Ryan, Regina. Paul. Yeah. You. you know, I was about Thank to say you. Regina George. I was like, that ain't <laughs> it. <laughs> that ain't it. But the, but the fuck it Regina. up again. But the fuck it up again. <laughs> Bear with us, y'all. So, yes. I'm hung up. Yeah. And I can't wait to see that. April 12th, y'all. We got to, like, make, this is an event. Yeah. We have to go. I, I saw Kid Fury. Yeah. <laughs> Kid Fury tweeted earlier. He's going to be in line on April 11th. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an event, y'all. We got to support. Is. Our people. This is what this podcast episode was all about. Every podcast episode is about here at the Hung Up Podcast. It's about support. So, yeah. What's up? Do you have a hung up or hang up, Sterling? Um. Ooh. I think I am definitely hanging up right now. Yeah. Who you hanging up? Negativity. Slam the phone. I'm ready down. to be hung up. I'm ready to be on this great day. No. Slam no, the we, phone. Down. We hanging up. Okay. okay. Who you hanging up on? We are hanging up on. So it's a, it's not a specific person; it's a type of person. Can I do that? Yes, yeah. you can. We because they might be listening. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, More than likely uh, sorry, are. Man. Okay, and not uh, rating or reviewing. A familiar hey, in the DM. Mm, mm, <laughs> gutter snipe. Okay. Ain't that Straight up out the hood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on, hate that ass bitch. Hate that bitch. <laughs> no, I am. I am hanging up on. You know those people 
that'll look at you when you tell them you're trying to like do something better for yourself they're like yeah. okay great like, then they talk about works you. Out. yeah they nose turn up a little bit if, right yeah. like you you've, you've like put it down before I even stay. started like it ain't even yours to hate yeah. like mm-hmm. damn yeah. like really like yeah hating ass bitch <laughs> okay so I'm gonna hang up on those that's, types yeah. who hating ass bitches who ask about me and, and supposedly want to hear how I'm doing okay. better things but for myself for your but ask about me nigga ask about me nigga ask about me nigga ask about me I'm a hustler. I'm a, I'm a hustler because if you listen to the episode, this thing is the boss. So for mm-hmm. y'all that's hating on him, yes. come on. Because mm-hmm. they, they, they're not going to add you. They're not going to follow you. Yes, he's okay? Jackie Christie. But they'll be watching. The Christie's wife. They'll be watching. A boss. <laughs> okay. I'm on my classroom now. Like We can really do some things. So I'm, I'm out here. So you hanging up on the hating ass bitches, and so are yes we, we are. Okay, and that was a great episode. It was, and this has been another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. As always, girl, yes. I am P Ryan. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and the Twitter and at I am P R Y A N the Twitters. Okay, and it's me, your boy E. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at E Dante Cole. Yes. Finals both on Instagram and Twitter at H U N G U P P O D and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash hunguppod. We would love to hear your feedback on tonight's episode. Yes. Send it to hunguppod at gmail.com. When you go to our Instagram page, add us first, mm-hmm. click the email button or click the call button. Drop a message. Do both. Be featured. Mm-hmm. Be out here because we'll, we'll put you out here. Okay. Okay. Right, P. Ryan? Oh, we will put you out here. Thank you. All right. Don't forget, again, thank you so much to our guest, Sterling Grimes. Follow him on Instagram at Sterly G. That's S-T-E-R-L-Y-G. And on Twitter at S-T-E-R-L-Y underscore G. Don't forget, guys, to send us your ratings and reviews. Thank you so much for them. Keep them coming. Instagram, or not fucking on Instagram, sorry. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Anywhere that you can find a man... Okay, who won't be a hating ass bitch? <laughs> How about that? How about that? How about that? Okay, because sometimes your man will be a hater. Okay, let that man go. We'll see you guys. Good night. Good, good night. night. Peace out, y'all. And good night. Bye. Mama, mama. Mama